1 to the end of the chapter. You saw, O king, and behold a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. And as you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of, su of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and to whose hand he has given wherever they dwell, the children of men, the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all, you are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness, firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with a soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. And you, as you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so set will they mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human, by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honours and many gifts and made him ruler of the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made a request to the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. May God grant to us an understanding of his word.
in ancient times, people saw dreams as vessels of meaning. They contained divine messages and had the power to alter history. This story is told that of Alexander the Great, and he, he planned to build a city for himself in Egypt. And just as he's on the verge of breaking ground for this great new city, he has a dream, and a, a grey-haired man appeared to him in a dream. And the man told him an island just off the coast of Egypt. And when Alexander awoke, he scrapped the whole plans for that city he was planning, and he moved it all to this little island and founded the city of Alexandria that is still there to today. Beginning over a hundred years ago, Sigmund Freud, the psychologist, studied dreams, trying to understand what they meant to the dreamers. And he wrote the book, The Interpretation of Dreams. And he proposed that dreams were somehow the unfulfilled wishes of the dreamer's daily life that somehow these were the unconscious mind and somehow they revealed something about ourselves. So to get access to this information, we would um, spend time thinking and talking and talking and talking and, and somehow the, the interpreter would take what we say and interpret our dreams. That in this process of talking, that it went on for endless weeks and months, somehow something would come to light that would highlight what the dreamer was talking about. And Carl Jung taught very much the same, that somehow our dreams portrayed a, an unbalance in our minds. There was a, it was an effort of our inner man to talk to us, ourselves, and they would trouble us. In Daniel chapter 2, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. And his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. There was this dream that gripped his mind, and he wanted to know what it was and what it meant. Somehow he knew he had dreamed. Perhaps he even knew what the dream was. We aren't told that. But he called for all the supposed wise men, the counsellors, the advisors, the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans, you know, all the top rung of his community. And he called them in and he said, I had a dream and my spirit is troubled within me. Tell me my dream and tell me its interpretation. No telling them the dream. He wanted them to outline what his dream was, to somehow prove who they were. They claimed to be wise men, counsellors, up there with all the wisdom of the Babylonian Empire. <laughs> Tell me my dream. And they said, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream. You know, Tell us and we'll be able to interpret for you. And the king says, no, 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 you tell me the dream and the interpretation. And then I will know that you're fair income. Then I will know that you truly understand, that you're truly being spoken to by the gods. But if you can't, all you have is hocus pocus, make believe, and I'll tear you limb from limb, and I'll destroy your houses, 
I'll take from you everything you value because it's all a fake. Show me the dream and its interpretation. The king wanted proof that what they would say was divine, was true, and not just some sort of psychoanalysis of what he had told them. Not just some educated formula or nice words that might pander to his uh, self-esteem. And they say a second time, let the king tell his helpers, tell his servants the dream, and we will tell its interpretation. And the king says, now I know it's all fake. Now I know it's all just make-believe. You're just trying to find time to find out what my dream was. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the, chi- till the times change. Tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. And then these wise men, these counsellors, these magicians, these sorcerers, these Chaldeans say, look, there's no one on earth who can do this. There's not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh. They basically say, it's impossible. We can't do it, and the ones who can don't live with us. The gods have no communication with us. How can you know this dream? And yet, the Bible tells us, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob said way back in Exodus, I will dwell amongst the people of Israel and I will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. This is the conundrum of the book of Daniel. As, as Rod said last week, the people of Israel, or actually the people of Judah, are in exile. Where is God at this time? Where is God in this desperate time? Has he left them alone? Has he deserted them? Where is God when his people are in exile? Where is God in this desperate time? And as the book of Daniel unfolds, time and time again we find that God has not abandoned them. God was not left behind in Jerusalem, distant and aloof. God was there in Babylon. He was speaking and acting in Babylon. And God was about to shake the king of Babylon to his core. Before we go on, listen to these words of Isaiah the prophet. For thus says the Lord who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell on the high and holy place. And also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the hearts of the contrite. God says to Isaiah the prophet, I am high and lifted up, but I also dwell with those who are contrite of heart. 
I am the Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, but I dwell with my people. The Chaldeans said to the king, tell us a dream and we will tell you the interpretation. And the king said, no, you're just faking it. But the one who is eternal, the living God, had given the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, a glimpse of the future of kings and kingdoms. While Nancy and I were in Bible college, she sang as part of a trio. You know, there's Emily, there's Esther, but top of the tree is Nancy. And one of the songs they sang was this, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Master, Saviour, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. And Daniel says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 through 45, And in those days the king of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. Nor shall the kingdom be left to produce another people. It shall break in pieces all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. And it shall endure. And just as he saw that a kingdom was broken, was cut, sorry, a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation sure. The wise men in the court of King, Babel, King Nebuchadnezzar had perhaps a, a vague awareness of, of a God way out there, some sort of consciousness of, yes, there is a God, but he's distant, aloof. But they had no knowledge of his presence or comprehension of his promise. They said the thing is too difficult. No one can show it to the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with man. But we, hundreds of years later, can read and know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's why we sang that hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, Born to Set Thy People Free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in Thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Daniel too puts before the king a wonderful vision of the future. We don't know what put Nebuchadnezzar to sleep that night. Perhaps he was worrying about what would happen next. What would his children or his grandchildren, whatever. There's always that concern of what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't understand that. But God had given to Nebuchadnezzar a wonderful vision of the future. That put all the grandeur of any king and kingdom in its place. As the song said, kings and kingdoms will all pass away. 
when I went through high school and later at Teachers College, there was a poem by Percy Shelley that spoke of this passing nature of earthly kingdoms. The poem called Ozymandias is only very brief. And uh, in the time of Percy Shelley, lots of Europeans would travel to the Middle East as, as sightseers. They'd do the grand tour and, and see everything. And as part of seeing everything, they would see the empty ruins of past kingdoms. And the poem reads like this. I met a traveller from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frowned and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command. Tell that its sculptor wore those passioned red which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them, and the heart that fed, and on the pedestal these words appear, My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sand stretch far away. Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. But there's something about that name. But in giving us, or giving Nebuchadnezzar this vision of the future, and through him us, we gain a glimpse of the one who is on the throne of history. The one who says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The one thing that is eternal is God. And this God, the Almighty, not only is, but he speaks and he acts. He is the sovereign Lord of all, yet the gracious Father for all those who know and love him. And this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So let's flip back to Daniel chapter 2 and begin to understand what's going on. The king says, tell me the dream. Tell me its interpretation. They say, we can't, we can't. And the king says, off with their head. They're just fakes. They're frauds. They can't do it. They don't want to do it. All they're trying to do is please me. They're just... The king has commanded, off with their heads. And along with the wise men that he called in is also Daniel and his three companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But when the news gets to Daniel, Daniel has a plan. There's a, a little diplomacy in the court of Babylon and an urgent prayer to seek mercy from the God of heaven. And after the events of Daniel chapter 1, which do you think is the more fervent the diplomacy in the court of Babylon? Or the prayer to seek mercy from the court of heaven? And as Daniel and his three companions pray, the mystery is revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. And then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. He said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. 
He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and now you have made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. And as you read through Daniel chapter 2, you can see something of the hopelessness and the, and the panic of the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. And in verse 2, when they keep saying to the king, tell us a dream, tell us a dream, we'll interpret it, just tell us a dream. And the king says no. But then Daniel says with certainty, to you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. For you have given me wisdom and might and have made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. The magicians, the sorcerers, the, the enchanters, the Chaldeans didn't have a clue. But Daniel says, God, you have made this known to me. And Daniel goes to the king. And before the king, he reiterates that what he is about to do is not a human thing. For no one can interpret, no one can know the dream and interpret the dream. It's not a, a human thing. But rather, it comes from God. And he says to the king, There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. And he who reveals mysteries has made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that the interpretation may be made known to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your mind. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation sure. And so Daniel unfolds briefly what this dream is. And then King Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. For you have been able to reveal this mystery. This becomes one of the many declarations by various kings in the book of Daniel of the greatness and the wonder of the one true and living God. The King of glory, the Lord Almighty, makes known his will and purpose. And the king recognizes it. And this mighty king bows in worship. A hundred years before Daniel, and not with the Babylonians, but with the Assyrians, Isaiah the prophet spoke. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, he is God. Who formed the earth and made it, he established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. 
I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told you this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me. A righteous God and a saviour, there is none beside me. Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn. From my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every tongue shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance. Through Isaiah the prophet God says, look, I know the future. And I've declared it. This is how you may know that I am God. I am the one who speaks. And what I have said will be. As you read through the book of Daniel, God speaks time and time and time again in a pagan context. But he speaks. For he is the living God. He is the God who dwells amongst his people. And to the word, to use the words of Francis Schaeffer, he is there and he is not silent. And perhaps even more, he is there and he is not uncaring, nor is he inactive. God is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? God had spoken to Nebuchadnezzar in a dream. God had spoken to Daniel and given him the dream and the interpretation. And it spoke of a kingdom that was yet to come who would crush every other human kingdom. And we read in Mark's Gospel, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens be, being torn open, and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. And a short while later, John was arrested. And Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, and all nations will come and worship you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray.
O Lord, you have spoken. You have spoken through your prophets. You have spoken through your Son. You speak to us through your word. Grant to us the humility to speak, to to hear your word and to respond in awe and wonder and know that the living God is with us. And this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.